good, stale, weak old donut. I was satisfied with my senses. <laughs> and with that, welcome to another show. Uh, first and foremost, we want to thank everybody that's been subscribing and listening. Uh, All three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we got another interview. Uh, we have our old weird, weird, weird friend Bill. I don't know that we should be putting her name on here. That was something I was going to mention. Her name? Yeah. We could do an alias. Huh? We could do an alias. Yeah. Oh, well, my second name that I know you. What's your second name? Christina. That's fine. Yeah. We'll okay. just call her Christina. Sure. You're pressing buttons and shit. We ain't even pause. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you press a space bar to give you space. For real, <laughs> bro. You can pause like videos and shit with the space bar. I figured it would just pause. It. You figured wrong, son. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, what's up, Bill? What's up, y'all kids? <laughs> Bill is back, and back we have again. Christina, who Hello. is going to share a story that is rather pertinent to today's society with some of the social political arguments. And quite riveting. Yeah. If I don't say myself. You are a DACA recipient. Yes, I am. And you and your family crossed the border illegally when you were how old? Nine years old. Nine years old. And you're what, 22 now? 23. 23? Okay. So tell us about... Tell us, tell us a story about how you, you know, coming across the desert and the, did you, did you, I mean, how you're, did you You're in? assuming. Yeah, you're assuming yeah I'm, I'm assuming, I apologize. Did you just well, struggle? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, you know, there are definitely different ways of crossing the border. Desert's definitely one of them. And I have to say, is we tried three different times. Okay. So it wasn't until the third time that we actually made it. Um, so it was my mom, my brother and me, and my mom had already been here. She even had a child here already, but because we were not doing well under the care of our drunk grandmother, she went to get us. And so the first time we tried, um, it was like a, I don't know how to describe it because it was like next to a dirt road but there was like ponds and water and stuff everywhere so we were constantly going in the water like in and out and every time we went in somewhere like the place just got deeper and deeper and then it started to rain so um i guess halfway there we decided it was not the best idea because we had to watch out for the um i guess police in the area or whatever and they like some people along with my mom had decided that it would just be best to go back because she had children and you know we were pretty small at the time so we just decided to go back and that was a very rough night because we had no money so we found like some random druggie in the street who said we would be allowed to stay at his house with his mom and like the lady was nice, you know, she gave us some food. She let us stay like in a little shed kind of place. It had just a lock because, you know, doors over there kind of, you just lock them. 
And the guy was apparently up all night trying to get in while we slept. My mom was up all night. That was the first time. The second time... So were you nine at that time as well, or were you younger? No, I was nine. Like Okay, so this, this is, it was like three attempts like within yeah. a month or so. No, it was three attempts within a time span of, I want to say, a week and a half. Oh, okay. Because I had just turned nine when my mom came. Like, probably... I want to say probably four days after my birthday is when she came, and we did not get here till. Wait, October so 4th. so you you were in Mexico and your mom was in America and she yes. came back to Mexico to get you guys. Yes. Whoa, shit. So how long was she in America without you guys? Two and a half years, approximately. Like to me, it was three years because when she was when she left, I was six. Uh huh. And then when um, she came back, it was like your ninth birthday. Yeah. So um, when we came at a time, my brother was six. And he's always been like small for his age. So when he came, he was like the size of a four-year-old. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, that's why a lot of people were like, they really looked out for us. Because, you know, you do this as a group when you're crossing. Um... The second time, we actually got caught by immigration because we were crossing some, I guess, cotton fields. And, you know, me in my mind, I'm having, like, the best time ever because I'm just, you know, going through all the mud. So I'm just having fun. I'm just putting mud in my face because, to me, this is just an adventure, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm thinking, yeah, no, I'm thinking we need to get in disguise or something because if we get caught, you know? So that's why I'm putting She's mud doing in my OG face. OG blackface. <laughs> yeah, Out no. here in these fields. I don't see you, you don't see me. <laughs> Fucking liquid snake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what made it worse is that I was wearing a purple jacket. Okay. And I didn't think about camouflaging like the rest of me, just my face. <laughs> Yeah, like, I felt the need to tell everybody else something, but I didn't. And then, like, right after that is when we saw the helicopter and the lights, and then, you know, it took us to a nice little cell. They washed off our faces. What's that purple dot in the fields? <laughs> <laughs> Hell Motherfucking yeah. Barney coming across the goddamn... You're the reason why I got caught. <laughs> Fuck you gonna wear high-vis on a raid. <laughs> it was dark. We're just like you gotta wear all black when you're committing field. federal offenses. Yeah, which I was not. I didn't know any better. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so they, how many like, times did the dogs bite you? I don't think there were any dogs that time. Okay, so I, I forgot to do the math in my head. Yes. When, what year was this that y'all were coming across? Two thousand four. No. Yeah, 2004. So this is still Bush-era immigration stat, uh, points, okay. Yeah, and I mean, they were they were more worried about the brown people across the ocean and yeah. not on the other side of the fence. They were throwing down bombs hard over there. Yeah. So how long, um, so on this trip, you know, you got, you and all your family caught with the purple. Um, <laughs> how long were you in immigration holding before y'all came back? We're probably there just overnight. And then they just bust you back? Pretty much, okay. yeah. What, um, do you mind telling me what point of entry this was? 
I have no idea. To be fair, well, I... Well, do you know what state you were coming into? Uh, it had to be somewhere along the borderline of New Mexico, probably. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't really paying much attention to the demographics then. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair That's enough. True. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the last one... But your family's from Mexico, right? Yes. Actually from Mexico. Yeah, southern part of Mexico. So the the way it happened, she came, it was like almost the end of a week, I guess, at school. Like, I don't remember even going to school to say bye to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we were on, I guess, the bus from where we're from to the border for probably a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we just had to talk to, you know, meet up with different people and stuff to know who was going to do what, because that's just kind of how it works. Gotcha. So we're, so you were on, you were on foot the first two times and you got caught, right? All three times. All three times you guys were on foot? Yes. Cool. So you were just trying to get through like holes in the border, you weren't trying to like go through an actual uh entry point like a uh what do they call that border entries border entry i guess mm-hmm. well no like the the last time this is where it got different though because the last time we were actually like it was my mom and me and then my brother got separated from us like he was actually he went through a i guess immigration checkpoint Oh, shit. With another family, and they were, you know, make him, like, he their was son. their kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at this point, uh, you know, we went through, now what you would call the desert, mm-hmm. and we probably ran for, like, two, three hours, which to me, that's nothing then, because I wasn't, you know, we were used to walking and running everywhere, so to me, I was perfectly fine the whole time. My mom and the other guy were like really tired halfway there though. Mm-hmm. And um, never saw a wall, just like a road. And there was, you know, just cop cars just going back and forth. So we had to move really fast sometimes and then very slow. And then at one point we had to just lay low for like a while. And I think I even fell asleep because we were there for a while. But the area where we were going through was like it had tall grass and a whole bunch of holes on the ground for probably snakes or whatever mm-hmm. so it was a dangerous part that we were going through and then they just dropped us off at a abandoned mobile home and we just spent the night there like this house was destroyed there was stuff still in there like clothes mattresses whatever but it was just a big mess and then we just had no way of contacting anyone, and I think my mom had like a total of $5 with her then and there. So what we did is the next day, we went across, we walked from there to, I guess, a little burger place, and she managed to get a, a hold of someone, and then they sent somebody to pick us up. And that's when they took us to a place, and this is when I knew we were in New Mexico, so when you guys stayed in the so the family that took your brother across through the checkpoint, did you got how well did you guys know them? Were they just random people that you just met and they were like, hey, we'll take your kid across? 
Pretty much, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I hope they give them back when we, I hope we get across and... Yeah, it's, no, that's, that's just that's a risk that you so have to So then how did you, how did you organize the meet back up with them when you guys got there? Oh, see, that's, that, that's where everything got kind of weird because at first... We were at the restaurant for a long time, and they were just not So you guys anybody. were like, we'll meet at this restaurant at... Well, we had to call someone to come get us from there, because I guess they didn't really talk about where they were going to drop us off. So it's like, they didn't know where we were. Who Who's they? It's the people. The people charge, who took your brother through? Like, did you guys pay coyotes, I guess? Yeah. Or... But... So that was the guy that was with you and your mom? But it was just you and your mom and that... One coyote? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that time it was just us, too. It wasn't, like, a group of people. But, I mean, I guess somehow the the thing with coyotes, they don't work alone. Uh-huh. So, I guess, I don't know if this was, like, his family or something, but we ended up at a house where we finally met my brother because he was there. And, you know, they, they talk among themselves about what happened and what was going to happen next because after that we had to go we stayed like three days at some random people's house but it, this was like a house house with a family and everything mm-hmm. and the lady was super nervous because she's like oh i don't want to be part of this and like she was cleaning the whole time of how nervous she was and she didn't get like any sleep those three days we were there like the the guy was just trying to like be chill and stuff, and his kids were like very nice because they didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow we got on a plane, and the plane went from New Mexico to I want to say North Carolina, probably South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's how we we just had someone picked us up from the airport, and then we came here. So your mom was already living in this area yeah. when she came back to get you. Mm-hmm. So she just like flew, did she fly down to Mexico then? Or did she have to like break into Mexico and then break back out of Mexico? Well, as far as leaving the country, that's way easier, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she just easier. took a bus down. Yeah. That's what, That's what a lot of people do. Um, which now that's a very dangerous thing to do. The mm-hmm. best way to do is to take a plane directly into Mexico. Because if you go through bus, you will get stuff at the border and somebody's going to take all your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get nothing when you get there. Sick. Sounds like, <coughs> great like they did on Cheech and Chong. It's not safe for you, Bill. You ride the bus all the time. <laughs> but, but you know what, Bill? You don't have to break into Area 51. You already got an alien. <laughs> we have aliens at home. <laughs> so, and then you got here. How did it? Do you remember how how difficult it was to get involved in the school system? Or yeah, what? Like that? Did you, so I'm guessing that did you only speak Spanish when you lived in Mexico? Yeah. Okay. So you and you just came here and started le- learning English at nine. Pretty much, yeah. Because um, I mean, I had cousins here, 
who would go over there all the time. Since they were younger, their parents would take them over there and they would come visit and stuff. And, um, you know, they wanted them to be keep their Mexican heritage alive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So every time they went, they would always speak English and whatever. So, I mean, I always knew I wanted to learn how to speak English. And then coming over to America, to me, that was like an opportunity. And I really wanted to to do it because you know i would get to learn something new i'd be living somewhere different and i wouldn't have to deal with what i had to deal with in mexico while i was there well that was one of my next questions like with before you came here what were the conditions like in the area where you lived um well you know the the place to me as a child didn't seem that bad mm -hmm. um i did have like i lived with my grandma and I had two uncles. One, he was in middle school and he was like never home. You know, probably getting involved with something out in the streets or whatever. And then you the other say, one. You said you were from South Mexico. What 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 part? Michoacan. Okay. So yeah, that's not that's not a great area. Yeah, no, it's and then um, the other one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a fucking sandals resort. You no, dumbass. No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, some. some Are you familiar? Of... Are you familiar with the Michoacan? Yeah, there's a lot of cartel down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from your uh, Nat Geo's most dangerous drugs. No, dude. There's episodes. like some major cartels down there that get talked about in the news all the time. <laughs> So my other uncle at the time was in jail, and he got out literally a few months before we came here. Okay. Y'all didn't bring him, right? And no, because <laughs> what happened was uh, a little after he, probably a month before we came, he was doing something bad already, and someone gave him poisoned drugs. So he ended up in the hospital with his intestines literally melting. That sounds like, Damn. That sounds yeah. like when Stacy eats Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in the hospital for like a couple weeks and you know, all my family on over here is like sending money over for his surgeries or whatever. And from that point, it's already not safe to be there because he's obviously getting involved with something that can put everybody else in danger. Yeah. So I think around that point is when my mom decided, okay, I need to bring my children over because they're obviously not being well taken care of over there. Um, and your mom was sending money back the whole time to try to take care of y'all? and. Yeah, but we never really got any of those benefits. That's how grandma got that alcohol. That and um, every time, I guess, my grandpa at the time, he would just, like, take her out and they would spend the money that oh. my mom would send. And, like, also my mom would always send us, like, So how clothes. orphanages are now. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Every time she sent us something, like, we would never wear anything that she would send us either. Or use any of the stuff she would send. Like, my, Why not? my grandma would just sell it. Whoa, that bitch trifling. <laughs> Don't try to put your dirty hands in my Gucci. <laughs> Getting that tequila. Is that what she drank? Did she drink tequila? Mm -mm. What'd she drink? I guess whatever. Piss? R. Kelly piss? <laughs> I don't know, because I would buy the alcohol. But you didn't know what it was. <laughs> no, I knew what it was. That's what we're asking. Like, what, what was she drinking? 
Just, I don't Jesus know. I would like, just go one to the, bottle, please. No, I would go to the corner store or whatever, and, and I would have a container because she, she already had a container. Like, she would just give me oh, a container. Oh, bro, she sends you with the jar, and you get the jar filled up. They're yeah. making it in the back. Like, I would just give them the money, and I'd be like, alcohol, please. And I don't know. They would just put stuff in it, and I just take it home. Wow. Well, I mean, that's how a lot of bottling companies were. Grandma spent all that American like dollars that. on hooch, so toilet like, wine. I guess it would be the equivalent book. of moonshine, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Turn all that Mexican moonshine, bro. Woo! I bet that's a good shit. Was she blind? Hold on, tell them about the... <laughs> tell them about the... Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you drink bad alcohol, bro. No, that's what happens when you... That's the lead. Tell them about the The lead does that to uh, you. To some of the, the people that don't pay attention to putting I'm in a copper. I'm telling you, man, if it's a bad batch, if it's like an isopropyl or whatever. Okay, so another reason why my mom brought us is because she, when she was over there, she had a friend, and the friend had a son at the time and he was I guess five six maybe so one day I don't know where the son just went missing the lady her friend went like you know she was very upset or whatever they looked from, for the kid for weeks then this was in Mexico yeah this was literally okay. a few houses from where we lived okay this was a friend from you know whatever that she used to hang out with and then at some point uh, somebody brought I guess the buddy of the son back it was, you know, they had taken all of the organs and stuff, and I guess they just, like, left some money with the body. Like, Bobby. And what? that's, like, the, the town specifically fucking, where I'm uh, from. Project Sunshine right there, bro. That's, oh, that's one of the main things what, that it. they would do. Wait, 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 wait. You said it gets worse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get worse. <laughs> okay, so, um, what I've recently Keep heard... Keep in mind, this is just one of, like... A fuck ton of these stories that are almost equivalent or the exact same or worse in many ways. You didn't even need to say that because you just you just went in a circle. Well, a lot of people they don't realize they just think one story and they don't blanket it like it's weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, what I had recently heard from someone over there is that, um, so you know, is the cartels running the uh-huh. place? You know, police is bought off or whatever. They don't do anything. Uh, there had already been pl- things where city hall is just left with like heads on the on their steps, and this happened some years back. There was like pictures and everything. Yeah. But recently, what I've heard was that um, if you're a woman and someone from a cartel wants you to be like girlfriend or whatever, you are now their property, whether you want to or not. And Did y'all somebody... convert to Islam or something? No, <laughs> it's just it's just how it works over there apparently. Okay. So if if, if you are someone's property, okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's just crying because he can never have wrong wrong people. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is that uh, if someone I guess claims you as theirs, nobody else is allowed to go near you, but. At the same time, you also have the power that if you don't like someone and you tell that person that they're bothering you, they would just go and kill them all. I like you and I want you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching. So, and this is basically from some of the areas where they were talking about that whole um, 
you know, yeah, the migration. countries. Well, no, no, the the you know, because the the people that Trump's always talking about with the migrations, they're coming from southern Mexico and pushing up to get away from all this shit. Now, do you, you know? remember that story about homeboy that died with his daughter? They drowned. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't his daughter. Well, oh, that part I don't know. But um, a lot of people they do risk that with the kids. What was it, Daisy? <laughs> like that's what, it was pretty much a whatever cousins that she had. They came. They went to Mexico to vacation. They came back because they got their uh, papers, whatever. But on the way back, apparently they found a. There was a news story going on that they found a baby, kidnapped baby, that they just gutted it and filled it with drugs. And did what? To somebody was holding it to walk across the border. Yeah, they were trying to smuggle it through the baby's corpse. Jeez. It was just a kid. Because yeah, because now you're talking about how your brother went with another family. I can't remember where I read it, but that one guy that died while he was holding the, uh, the little girl, supposedly that wasn't his, his kid. No, you know, they did an interview with the grandma. It was his kid. When did you see that? Was that on it American was, it, TV? It, no. Or telenovelas? Because I don't yeah. watch those. No, it was, uh, <laughs> no, but they did an interview with the, the grandma. The grandma was like, leave the baby here. You can send money back. And uh, yeah, it was a baby. But it was just making me think because I had heard that. I can't remember where I seen it. And I did read the article. But it said somebody rare. said, "Well, fuck you." It's somebody said that it wasn't his baby, and that's what it kind of made me think about. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah I mean, that's it was your article fucking IBEW brothers. <laughs> Ouch. I mean the. Well, that's what I'm saying. It just made me think about how you said your brother went with a different family to come across. Yeah, and usually what yeah. you know people do is they would go to an immediate. Uh, I guess family cousins or whatever that they have that are legal over here because you know um, parents had already traveled or whatever you know and but sometimes the family doesn't want to risk it for obvious reasons and so that's what pushes a lot of immigrants to just look for different options so when your mom had flown down to um, come meet you if she was to come back to the States if she would have come solo could she have come through a regular port of entry after she had left? Did she? Did, did your mom before she came down to grab you? Did your mom have like all her papers and everything? No. Okay. No, she had already come here. Um, I think using somebody else's papers. So okay. I think the first time she did come through was, but it was just like under somebody else's okay. name or something like that, because that's something that's also used a lot. And originally she didn't come here. She went to California. Okay. And after being in California for like a month or so, she got tired of over there and she went to Colorado. And then, because we just had family, you know. Spread all, out. Yeah. yeah. So eventually somehow she it's herself like an underground down railroad here. for fucking tamales. You guys say that California has better Mexican food. Oh, here. dude. I, yeah, I, I grew up, uh, a majority of my childhood was in California and it was fucking, oh. I miss that shit. That's great food. It ain't like this fucking bullshit here. Yo, hey. She well, she brought it up. I'm just saying <laughs> we have some very nice um, We have a authentic couple authentic Mexican restaurants. It's not like California, we... bro. Not at all. They can't hold fucking. If you don't like water. it, go back you to where you're uh, <laughs> I don't know, you think uh, what are those ones that we go to? What's the what's what the fuck is the name of it? The one right down by sisters? Yeah, but oh, there's another right? one with the same name. La Canasta. Two. Wakanasta 2 is the one by our house. Oh, but yeah. the one that we go to on Montgomery Crossroads, that's Wakanasta Pangaria. Yeah. 
That shit will make a good That toast. shit is fucking fire. Yeah. And Amigos, Amigos is good. It's dank. That's like Cali level. No, it's not. It's, I doubt it. It's, you ever been to it's still good. I've been to the one that's over by y'all's house. The that one one's alright. Yeah, you yeah, should go to the other one. But man, I'm down. I can always eat Mexican food, but I'm just saying. Had yeah. some gorditas yesterday. The shit here can't hold a fucking yeah. candle to fucking oh, California. Damn, boy. We'll go to California. Honestly, I think the gorditas at La Canasa number two are better. Though. We'll go to California and let like you get some fucking shit better. off a damn street truck that has roaches crawling in and out of it. And it tastes better than anything in this Yo, fucking city. That's protein. Oh, food trucks. That's something that is missing here so bad. Downtown, dog. Not so <laughs> Get this shit out of here. The only one, the only good one is sweet and uh, sweet and spice. That's right. Sweet spice is sweet fire. Spice is That's the, the only, only good one. one. Fucking oxtails that at two o'clock in the morning is fucking yeah, yeah. It's worth it. Anyway, back to the raisins. So, all right. So, Bill, tell us about your immigration story from uh, the Walmart know. parking lot. I don't know. I was brought over when I was little. I was no, I was born in Cali. I was. That's the one good thing about being born. It actually helps out a lot. And then my name's Bill. No one expects me. <laughs> Blindsided. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So all right. When did you get into? So, you, y'all went North Carolina back down here. Yeah. Like it was a one night drive. We yeah, got it's, here. It's about, it was it's about six four hours. in the morning. It's about a six-hour drive. Like, I know the exact date and everything. The, um, how soon did you start into school? Uh, I guess school, because when we got here, we had literally nothing, because my parents were actually expecting for us not to make it. Like, it was expecting, like, they were expecting that. We had no furniture, we had no clothes, like, we came with nothing. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, at the time... See, it was a complicated situation because while we were struggling over there, you know, trying to cross the border, my mom's son at the time and dad were both hospitalized because they had asthma. <laughs> so they were both in the hospital and we were here over there. Or in... No, here. Okay. So they were, yeah, they were in the hospital here and we were over there and somehow all this money was being moved because coyotes are expensive. Yeah. Like at that time, I want to say. They probably spent around somewhere between seven thousand and ten thousand, you know, on all the tries that we that it took. Nowadays, because it's way more. So dangerous. basically, like if you if you pay a coyote, and shit goes south, they're gonna be like, it's not our fault. Yeah, no refunds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can't. You don't get a voucher. We just try a business. Be like, oh, hey man, we tried. Come on back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Everybody will come to us. The refund coyote. <laughs> Second rate. Just discount. Yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah, here, here. Redeem this. Every four tries, you get one. We're going to rain check it today. <laughs> Y'all come back tomorrow. See, Seinfeld's on. I don't want to miss the episode. Yeah, man. So what, um, how long, how long after you got here did it take for you to process to, to get back to a semi-normal life? Um, it probably took some months, actually, but... We started school, I guess, a week after. Um, Where y'all niggas get clothes? Which spot it? Oh, okay. So when you when you got here, there was money for y'all. Yeah. But you basically showed up with nothing, and then had to had to you know in, yeah, in a we week's had to time get... you furnished the house, got some clothing, mm-hmm. pots, pans, food, all that shit. Okay, yeah. okay. And so, how did do you know anything about the process of? Because I don't know what it takes to to sign. 
a kid up for school, especially one that's, you know, well, not no immunization records, no, no you know, identification as a American. Yeah, so what they did or what had to happen was we had to get our records from Mexico sent here. Which, the, you know, it's paperwork, so there's not just, an issue with that. And so they could just email like a, it at that point in time or something, couldn't it? Or just send it in the mail? You no, know, we got it in the mail, yeah. So okay. we got our birth certificates, our grades from over there, our immunization records that we already had up to date over there. Okay. And all that was just sent over. And then when we got here, we, uh, you know, went to the clinic, got some shots, I guess. Um, we, as far as school signing up, the school that we attended already had, you know, children with immigrants. They had a special program called ESOL, which is for children that don't speak English. And that's, you know, the class you get into. So it's not like the school is seeing this for the first time. They already have experience with this. Okay. And a lot of the programs and a lot of schools do. But, you know, student confidentiality, they're not going to say any of this. Um, so we went to school... <laughs> So yeah. even though the even though the school system is is federally funded, they are not allowed to give like documentation on who's in the classrooms and stuff like that if if requested. Yeah, is that no. basically what you're saying? They, like, well, if it's requested, then yes. But, but they just no, don't they say, won't. "Hey, we got it." Yeah. You know, we but they can fly it under. The- I mean, that's like a doctor. I mean, if he steals your your info, that's that's kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, but student confidentiality doesn't yeah, yeah, doesn't but, extend to that yeah, yeah. full. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to go out of their way though. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not going to call ICE. And but like, hey, also we got being a you. minor, yeah, I feel like is part of that. Well, yeah, I mean, like your your information and stuff is protected as a minor. Um, that and plus, I mean, so you if you're a school teacher, you're not completely yourself. heartless. That yeah. was the one difference with my bringing up. Um, when I first got to school, there was no ESL. So they actually put me in a uh, mentally, in a special disabilities class for like a year and a half. You still need that <laughs> shit, bro. I, I'm not denying it. Cheat. But, um, yeah. They, bro, I, what did you need a fucking English class for? You were born here. Well, that's the, the fuck. My parents were from Mexico. They didn't know. Yeah, so English. when you grow up. you're fucking slacking, dog. When you're at home. You got no excuse. I got no, no fucking sympathy for you, Well, bro. see, but here, when you're, you're no, listen, when you're at home. You're at home for, what, the first five years of your life? Yeah. Before you go to school? So if everybody you're around with, with your family and, you know, uh, beyond your mom and dad, when y'all are hanging out, all y'all are doing is speaking Spanish. No, my right. brain I know he was watching some Barney or something. You should have picked up. My, mine was actually very, uh, a little bit different. Like, I didn't have the same struggle she did. All I did was, um, I was born in Cali. I was taken back to Mexico when I was two, brought back when I was three. But but okay. you can just come back across the border because you're an American citizen. I could, but they started to sneak me over because they weren't. Oh. So, but so, I, like I said, I was little. I don't remember shit. So I technically didn't have to struggle for that part. The only part that was a struggle for me was actually being brought back because I think I was like five or I can't remember the fuck how old I was. But um, they spoke nothing but Spanish to me. And actually, they didn't realize how to raise children. So I didn't actually speak till I was like three or four. And they said, uh, they took I me like that. No, like, I'm, I did, I'm I, not even surprised. Like, yeah, probably. I fuck up a lot. <laughs> but I didn't speak, and they took me to the doctor for it. They're like, the doctor said that. It's too stupid. Mi niña es stupido. No. Why you not speak? <laughs> no, it, my, 
It was so rough. The doctors had to tell my parents, you have to teach them how to say words. They didn't speak to me. So I, I was pretty much a mute for the Wait, wait, lives. wait, wait, wait. So you're basically just around people all day, every day, and nobody's actually talking to you. Dude, he's just sitting pretty in the corner yeah. like Nobody's this. like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, they're not like, hey, are you hungry? You know, like, just... that kid's got the biggest eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> you're like, yeah. As a kid. observing the world. As a kid, I shut the fuck up pretty quickly. So how did you tell people when you needed something? I fucking know I was little. I don't remember that shit. You you telling me you remember not He's speaking? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is what I was told. The only thing I, the farthest memory I got was when I was in that class with the disabled class, and I was thinking, wow, man, these kids are dope. They're little weird shaped, but they're dope as shit. Here, they're weird know, shaped. <laughs> so what like language? The lumpy ass head. When you were sitting there in that class, not really speaking or anything, or being around people, what language were you thinking in? Nothing. I didn't know any. I legit shit did not know any real words. So you were just no. Nah, I was a fucking. You didn't know what the fuck was what. You were just mm-hmm. sitting there blank to the fucking world. Yeah. Just like, I'm awake. Yeah. You didn't get like, hey, you know what? It's not even I'm awake. It's colors. Oh, it's darkness. Colors. <laughs> yeah. It's, you yeah. don't even know the words for that. Legit shit. I was wow. pretty much a mute because my parents didn't know a lick of English. They didn't know how to read, write, and I mean back then there was no. But they knew class. Spanish. Yeah, but. My dad was always working. My mom was, uh, my, my dad was a real dick. He took us away from Mexico to get away from our immediate family. So I don't know any of my family. My my child is, is more fucked up for the reason I had, a, the dad I had. I, the dad that I had, he's the one that made it fucked up, not for immigration reasons. Okay. But, um, yeah, the long, I didn't know shit. My mom was pretty much kept in the house. I was always kept in the house. My dad was always working. And your mom didn't talk to you? She did, but she was kind of watching her own back against my dad. Because at that point, my dad was really bad. Did your mom hug you? Yeah, I'm assuming. I mean... I'm he just, said I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure it wasn't, like, fucking that bad, that bad. Jesus. I don't want to get too much into my childhood. It's still, okay. That's, that's no, like one just... of the few triggers I do have because it fucks me up a little bit. Okay. But, I, um, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't have that great of a one either. I feel you. I wasn't that bad, but, I mean, people talked to me. <laughs> well, apparently, my... They knew, my family in Mexico knew how bad my dad treated us, but they were all pissed scared of him, so they didn't say shit, and they just let us go. Is your dad a cartel member? What the fuck? He was in Cali. Oh. He was in some kind of gang in Cali. That makes sense now. Yeah. I understand. Okay. So, um, I didn't know shit until I was in a special disabilities class, and apparently she was the only one who kind of just chilled out and actually took her time with me. So, is it like, all right, if... I'm going to say two numbers, and we're going to see which one you associate with. Was it a 13 or a 14? A what? You don't know nothing, do you, about your people? All you know is Naruto. Oh, I don't know. He just has some, some tattoo on his arm. I can't Three remember. dots? Four dots? Are you okay? You got poop? No. What's wrong with your stomach? Are you okay? She drank coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's take a break. We'll smoke a cigarette. You can use the restroom. <laughs> I need to use the restroom. I need some pain pills. <laughs> I got some. Yeah. Stacy knows his walls go pop, get split every now and then. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a note to come back on. Uh, we're back. So we're, we um, we left off. Fucking uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a good one. I give you that. I give you that. Um, I don't even know if the mic picked it up. But I'm pretty sure. Out to see. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, okay. Fuck you, Bill. Can I amplify it? <laughs> um, 
You said so with, within a week you were in school, mm-hmm. and when did you? Like you said, you're you're currently a DACA recipient. Mm-hmm. When did you first start getting involved in that program? Well, the program originally came out. Um, I guess at the end of the first term where Obama was in office. Okay. So 2012 is when they came out with the program. Okay. I applied for it in 2012, and I did not get my work permit until 2013. So you had to get your DACA stuff before you can get the work permit? It's the same thing. So the the way the process works is you have to fill out like four applications. Uh-huh. The first one's like a, a forgiveness form, you know, so they could forgive you for passing the border. And you have to do it every single time. So I guess it didn't, it didn't work the first couple times, you know? Okay. And then you have to do the work permit. And that's, that application's the longest because it comes with like all your information and whatnot. And they, they change the forms from time to time. So every single time I've had to fill up my forms, like the first time I had help, but the other times I've been doing it by myself. Uh-huh. And every time they switched it up, like I struggled with it a little, but I still managed to like fill it up. And they just make them longer and they ask more questions each time. So what's, what's like what, what specifically are they asking on, uh, on these forms? Well... They ask, you know, regular information like where you live, name, address, stuff like that. So kind of um, like a census form somewhat. In, in a way, yeah. And okay. then um, I have to fill in my, my stuff, like my number that they have given me, I guess, for my work permit. That's also my alien number. Okay. Um, and then like this last time, they asked about my passport like if I had one, if I had to use it to like travel outside of the country and come back, which I mean I can't use that way anyways. And then um, on, on the form, there is one place where you have to fill in like what part of Mexico you crossed through. Now I don't remember all that, but from what my mom has told me, it's like it was like Columbus, New Mexico on one side, and it was like something with a P on the other side. And on the border, okay. so I know in my paperwork it tells where I crossed the border, um, but I specifically don't know because I never remember. I kind of just use my old forms to help me fill out the new ones. Okay, and how many, how many times did you have to fill out? You said four. So far, I filled it out three times, and the so work these permit. Other, is it just like a? Is it a renewal or, or yeah. you, okay? Yes, yeah, so you have to renew every two years and you have to renew 120 days before the the work permit expires. So okay. it gives them enough time to process the information and then send you the new card or whatever. And I always have to get my fingerprints taken in South Carolina. So do you have any path to nationalization at all? Not unless they changed up some stuff in the White House. That's all federal law stuff. Okay. Like. They, they they have always been talking about, you know, making a way for that to be like a, make it into a permanent citizenship in a way. But every time that they're about to do something or talk about it, it gets pushed back for some reason. Well, yeah, that's that's why I asked the question, because I've, I've heard it talked about a few times on the news and the arguments and whatnot. But uh-huh. half the time, you know, most of those votes and shit are just like bullshit votes anyway. So... 
That's why I, I didn't know if they had fixed that or, or how any of it. Mm-mm. Like, I try not to stress too much about it, you know, because I, I can get very anxious sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just keep up with what I hear here and there. But I know as of right now, nothing's going to change immediately, especially because Trump is in charge of everything. So, so the um, when's the next time you have to apply? Let me see. Oh, there's an actual card? Uh-huh. It's very colorful. Oh, okay. And it tells you on there the expiration date. The funniest date. thing is, like, if you're going to let all these kids go to school and, like, graduate and everything... And basically be a part of our system why the right you, way. Why would you kick them out, like, and, like, give them a shitty... You know what I mean? Like, why would you educate them... And then not use that education to further the country. Why would you export them and give them like a fucking shitty taste of America? So now not only are they educated, now you've given them a shitty... The government is well aware that sending these children back would actually be a very, almost a cruel and inhumane act for them. There was a... Since I speak pretty fluent in both languages, I'm actually going to court a lot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And in one case, uh, a father was being sent back to Mexico because uh, his son was better. His son had horrible issues. And they asked him, um, one of the ways that you're allowed to stay here is if your child will suffer more than usual from your absence. And at the very end, after we did a whole battle and everything, the judge said, since the child was staying here, it would be receiving medical care here. He would not suffer more than usual, but if you were to take him back, that would be considered uh, pretty much more than usual punishment for the child. So the world aware that sending these people, kids back that have been here all their life, would fuck them up tremendously, which is actually a lot of reason that people are saying that it's going to be one of the hot topic issues this election. So they well, know it, but they just won't act upon it. That's where the whole anchor baby argument came from. Mm-hmm. I think the Area 51 storming kind of pushed this out. So, you have your... We after all the aliens. <laughs> so you 626 right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you, um, like, say, God forbid, you get denied your next time when, you're, when yours expires. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get a new card... Or can you go, like, what do you, you basically, are you being deported at that time? Or they're basically saying, hey, you're on your fucking own now. Uh, no, it would be more like the first option. Like, if I was to screw up in the list a little bit, because the, the yeah, rules like for this is very Yeah, if you were to catch a criminal charge or something like that, yeah. then yeah. Something like a DUI would do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, just, they, just... they would take my permit away, of course, and I would pretty much be on the list to deportation. Okay. Because I'm not good for the society. So with with, are you? There's allowed... a fucking privilege right there. What? Oh yeah, no. Like, here you should hear the good parts of being it. able to fucking. I mean, like, you know, well, they catching actually, a charge or like talking to the cops without. They actually had fucking... a program where they allowed uh, his Mexicans who fought in the war to pretty much get citizenship. There's one famous case where a guy got an assault charge over one bad night. And uh, he was kicked out, and he was like sixty-seven, and um, yeah, he's like a two-time veteran, yeah. and, shit. and he got kicked out because he had a assault case. And the lawyer said he has no sympathy whatsoever because he committed a federal crime. 
Yeah, no, it ain't. Pussy-ass and unlike and unlike every other jo- every other judge in the USA, immigration lawyers are the only lawyers that can be fired for not uh, completing enough cases in their time. So that's why everybody's all so rushed. So let me ask you this: one of the I know one of the other major arguments about uh, legal aliens and immigration and all that stuff is that you know some would say they drain the system itself. So when as you came here, what? In your memory of your time being here, were you ever on any kind of government assistance? No. Well, yeah, no, not on my part. But, you know, with my mom having a child born here, then, yeah, she had some government help, like, you know, a week or whatever it was called then. The week? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So she would get that, but not, you know, for us or anything like that. So, you know, my dad did construction at the time. My mom worked in a hotel, and, you know, we would not see them very much. Like, I was a nine-year-old babysitting a six-year-old and a eight-month-old, yeah. you know? So, through, for years, even after my sister was born, because, you know, my mom had to take up some time when she was pregnant with her and then had the baby. Even then, you know, once she had to go back to work, because it was four kids then, I was still stuck babysitting my younger siblings. So you're talking about a 10-year-old taking care of, like, probably a four-month-old, maybe, a kid that was one and cried a lot. And then my brother, he was very affected by the change from coming over. Mm -hmm. So for, like, that first year, he did not speak. Like, he You sure he wasn't related to Bill? (laughs) We can talk outside of the series, (laughs) Yeah, no, he became, like... He was already super shy, you know, mm-hmm. because in, in Mexico, every time something happened, he would be the one that was in trouble all the time. So we had like that old kind of punishments here. You, you know, we got hit with like the wooden spoon, the shoe, the cable from something. That's, that's, you know, that's the just rope. bad people in general. We yeah. Got, yeah. We get beat. So he was already coming from all that, and then here, you know, we're barely seeing our parents, so we're not getting any type of emotional support. Mm-hmm. We are kind of just on our own, you know? So it took us some time to get used to being here without being angry at everything that was happening. Okay. Because, like, the first thing is, mom never told us she had a kid, or, or that she had somebody that lived with her. We just thought it was, like, her on her own, but nope. And then, so we got here, and then on top of that, she got pregnant, like, once we got here. So we were even more upset. So I guess she tried being understanding at first, but eventually she got tired of trying, and we just got what we had in Mexico. And it was just tough the first few years, but we just kind of managed. So you can... As of right now, uh, as a DACA recipient, you're actively working, involved in the tax system like the rest of us, having to pay for all the shit for your car, driver's license, just like the rest of us. You pay taxes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work for an actual company. More. I think everyone but me here pays taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking average the system. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, since I started working, um, I've, you know, had to do with all of that stuff but even if you don't work let's say for a regular company like under social security or whatever you still have to pay 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people are always saying how immigrants are just like getting everybody's job and they don't have to pay and blah, 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 because they're not in the system. They're in the system. They're there, but it's, it's just a little different. We have to go to someone that specially, you know, goes into that stuff. And then those people think they're all high and mighty because they know all this information. And then that's how we end up losing because then they're just taking advantage of us because we don't know any better. I mean, I do, but who was there to tell my parents that? Yeah. You know? It's like you get manipulated by the coyotes on one side, and then once you're here, you get manipulated by the people who are able to do the paperwork and manipulate the systems. Yep. Hell yeah, dog. I'll get there one day. So how's the... Um, <laughs> How's the current argument or conversations in uh, in your family with, you know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago there was the issue with if they were going to extend DACA at all. Well, I know after they did DACA, they were going to do a program for the parents that are uh, parents of either children born here or DACA recipients, but that just never went through. Mm-hmm. Um but the parents, I mean, the parents weren't going to do anything about it because they were just happy their kids were able to do something, you know, get a social security number, be able to get a driver's license, and be able to get a job. Because that's, that's really what you just want your kids to be set for themselves in case something happens. Um, I mean, if anybody's like my parents, they just plan ahead. They save money in case everything goes down the drain. And they just know if they get kicked out, they just have kind of something to fall back on. Now, my dad was smarter about it because he has, you know, his family in Mexico that even though he's being screwed over, he sent a whole bunch of money over there. They had an account for him and everything. And he actually left not too long ago, probably a month and a half or so ago. And now he he bought three houses and you know he's getting himself straightened out over there mm-hmm. so he he had something to fall back on you know and now my mom on the other hand she doesn't really have family we can trust over there and why didn't she just if she was thinking about going back why don't she just go back with your dad or are they not together oh okay no okay. that dad got very rough in the last five years so that's why it's better for them to be apart. Okay. You know, so my mom heavily relies on me for anything. So anything that we own is practically under my name. Because I'm the one with the cleanest record and I'm the one that can actually You're the one do that if you get locked this. up, you're coming right back out. Everybody be all right. Sort of, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if she gets... Let, let's say they get her and she gets deported, then um, there's the case of what's going to happen to my younger siblings, you know, because they're still underage. And what I'm assuming will happen is I will take care of them or find a way to send them over to her in Mexico. And then I would be in charge of all of her money that's here because she hasn't sent any over there. So I'm in charge of all the savings. I'm in charge of all the properties, cars, anything. So I have a huge responsibility over all this stuff, but at the same time, I didn't ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just being the oldest and the most responsible, I had to take care of stuff. So what is, 
Like I said, what's what's the? It's like when your aunt stole your social security number and <laughs> bought out the Renna Center. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Except they're keeping up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I know. Um, it was even like earlier this week they were talking about uh, Trump's ice raids and stuff, and I know a lot of people that are um, in the construction community here. There's and then you know, mm-hmm. it fucks a lot of those guys up because all those guys go underground for a while. Yeah. Or they'll just bounce. They'll fucking yeah. go. They'll go to Augusta or go to fucking Macon somewhere that the guys aren't gonna. And you know, it kind of it kind of fucks a little bit of the things up here. But I do understand some of the argument sometimes with uh, you know immigrants coming taking over some of the jobs. But the majority of the jobs the immigrants do are what most Americans won't want to do anymore. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I can understand yeah. some of the argument with the construction industry. But for agriculture, yeah, dude, like uh, a ton of the fruit picking, yeah. and like the the vegetable picking, like I, I remember I watched some video on it. But basically, like all these dudes, farm workers were getting deported and shit. And he was like going everywhere to every uh, what do you call it, like unemployment center, staffing agency, all this shit, trying to hire people. Trying to hire white people, trying to hire just anybody, like, any Americans, anybody. And nobody would fucking do it. Not for the wages. They want no. mm-hmm. They want astronomical Yeah, numbers. they want cheap labor. Yeah. And, of course, immigrants have no better way of getting a job, mm-hmm. so we'll do whatever. And, um, yeah, now that the, the whole thing with the raids, people are definitely terrified. Because, you know, it's a Hispanic and, um... You know, I'm very heavily involved with everything that happens with, like, in the area and stuff. And I talk to a lot of Hispanic people um, for different kinds of reasons. And right now, like, my old boss with Mexican Store, her business has gone down so bad in the last couple of weeks because of the so-called raids. And, Everybody's you know, leaving or just not, come, not coming out the house? Yeah, oh. no, they're not coming out because they go to the places where they know there's a lot of undocumented people living you know they would go to all this any um, trailer park in the area that's mm-hmm. why i put my mom in the projects no yeah. cops going there <laughs> so um they're sad and then i'm part of a alliance i guess it's called the savannah undocumented youth alliance mm-hmm. and i usually keep up mostly with them on facebook and i have a friend who she's always going around you know um, they don't. They don't like post meetings or anything, do they? No. Probably not publicly. Yeah, not, yeah, no publicly. But they, they do like a lot of different things, like print out different papers and stuff with laws and regulations that immigrants can follow, so that ICE can't take them, because you know, like, what your rights are, what you can do, um, like if they knock, you don't have to answer the door unless they have, you know. Something signed by a judge. What's it called? A warrant? It's like Hispanic libertarians. Yeah, but yeah. Like, that's the thing. I know my rights. <laughs> <laughs> they, how do you say? How do you say I know my rights in Spanish? Fuck. <laughs> 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 no, but there's a the thing that they they know that a lot of Spanish don't know the laws or any of that. So what they do is they just get uh, somebody from the branch to sign the fucking warrant and they go. They don't believe mm-hmm. it. And yeah, they believe it. <laughs> it's fucked up. Uh, even a lot of people were taking actors like I think what was it U-Haul they or they um, they printed somewhere I think no Renaissance Center they said I don't know if this uh, correlates or anything or not but 
ICE detainees just rented out, ICE people just rented out 40 vans in the Atlanta district. So, uh, yes, they're savage, man. They're pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of videos of them just fucking forcibly peop- taking people out of their cars, going just knocking down doors, which is all illegal, but who are you going to call? The cops? Yeah, I saw some shit where ICE was trying to detain people who had fucking legal status. There was yeah. one guy that he just got out of court, and ICE came, and, they, and he looked like yeah. one other guy, and they were they were trying to strong arm him in, this, in their fucking vehicle. Actually, the most famous case I heard it was on one called Adam Ruins Everything. There was a black, it was a black handicapped dude, and um, he couldn't properly defend himself. He wound up going all the way to Brazil because he couldn't properly tell him that he was legal, and just because he was a little brown, they took him all the way there. They found him homeless on a park bench, and once they were able to find who, find out who the fuck he was, they sent him back to America, and that was like a six month process for him. The most fucked up one, the like most famous one I ever heard of. There's this dude from um, Atlanta who was from, um, he was originally from Great Britain, it seems 21 Savage. Jesus, what the fuck out of here? 21, 21, 21. So, um, fucking idiot. <laughs> so, with, with all the stuff that's going on, like with uh, the, the, the basic immigration camps and stuff that's going on mm-hmm. are, are you hearing anything about what's going on there oh yeah no plenty all the time because most of the most of my social media is just keeping up with everything that they do and you know you i always hear and see videos on how they're dealing with the concentration camps how they're always accusing cops or i mean that the agents there about you know abuse and all this stuff and how families are separated and, um, you know, I work with children, so I know how children's mind work. And a lot of these people have their children with them and they get separated. And when you separate a child from their parents for a certain amount of time, the child will forget. That, that actually happened with my brother. When my mom came back home to Mexico to get us, he didn't know who she was. He only believed me because my grandma was trying to make us think that she was her mom and our only take caretaker and stuff and like sometimes she wouldn't even want us talking to mom but because I had a better knowledge of what was going on I knew who my mom was but he didn't he had completely forgotten about her okay you know and that's that's just things that just very highly upset me sometimes all these things are happening and people are thinking that they can help but nobody's really helping you're sorry to mama <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> Sorry, Madre. Fuck it, Look at me. I am the mother now. So, what's. Y'all are basically just on a standstill on mm-hmm. whether. Well, on what Trump's gonna do, whether he swings one way or another, because I mean, you still got. A year, basically a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Even if, if he mm-hmm. loses in 2020, you still got a year and a half. Because mm-hmm. next person in office isn't until, if he loses, January 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know who you're voting for. Not yet. Not Where's yet. Where's that hat? Where's the what? Where's the hat? Where's oh, your mega hat? I don't know. No. I don't. I don't. Sometimes he doesn't. Or were you talking about the other one with the swastika? 
I do have one of those. It's signed. <laughs> original. He has chicks wear it and beat him. Like Ava Braun. Fuck it. Battle him. You that dude on the Instagram video? Yeah. Holy fuck. No. So what's, um, so you've got a few years till you have to reapply. Your younger, where's your brother? Because your younger brother came with you, and then you had another brother and sister mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, they're born here. Okay. So it's two of us from Mexico, and then them two from here, of course. You ain't met them? I think you might have met them. I may have. I, I think maybe remember. once, but it was yeah. like a short time. Yeah. So, you know, my brother, the one that's after me, that he's not as well behaved as I am. So, obviously, he's already gotten in plenty of trouble and he's probably at risk of losing his DACA because getting his DACA was already a big issue. So, like, is he in school? No. So, then how is he on DACA? He graduated high school. Well, when, when they first started the DACA, he, they were both in school. Yeah, so the, the way it works, um, they actually cut the program short, but the, the things you had to meet, you had to be under 16 before the year 2007. Um, you had to already been here like a, a few years. Uh, you had to, there was like a, there was like five things that you had to meet requirements for, you know, having no uh, problems with the law or whatever and you had to be in school at the time or had attended. So let's say that somebody that was 21 that came here underage before 2007, they could have all, they could also apply. They just had to prove that they were in school. You know, like high school diploma or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there are older, I guess people that are part of this. So you don't have to be in school the whole time that you have your DACA. No. Okay, see, that was my, my, I thought that it was like, you're only allowed here while you're in school, like whether that's high school or college or whatever, but Um, you can graduate and continue to keep your residency. Yeah. Yeah, because she's already in the system, already has the card and everything. They were just, there's always been this debate on finalizing a path to citizenship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... You know, they're still like, hey, man. So essentially, under DACA, you just have to keep applying. Until they figure it out. And your nose clean. It's like mm-hmm. a ceasefire. And yeah. it gets shit right. So, you see all these people going in front of Congress and, and saying stuff and dropping their own suggestions. What, what, what would you suggest as a solid path to nationalization? Well, I personally think they should just do like a citizenship kind of thing because even a res- residency that's also something that would take some time i mean everything's gonna take time period but a residency from what i know how it works is you have to apply for that every 10 years you have more um i guess benefits from being a resident but i know when you become a citizen you have to uh give up being a citizen anywhere else. So, yeah. like me from Mexico, I would just be a U.S. citizen. I wouldn't be a Mexican rich. So you couldn't hold dual citizenship? No, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hold that. Now with the so you can only hold dual citizenship if you were born here? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. he can, I can't. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but 
The thing is that what I have is strictly a work permit. Okay. I cannot use that. Like when I did college, it wouldn't. It did not help me get any like in-state tuition. I had to pay out-of-state tuition and out-of-pocket because I'm also not allowed to get any type of financial aid, any type of credit. I'm not allowed to get any type of medical insurance or any type of insurance. I guess car insurance. But um, even if you paid out of pocket for insurance, you couldn't get insurance. No. No. So what do you mean? So you cannot get any anything that requires a social security number. Yes. Anything that requires a social security number is out of the question. The only thing that that serves for is a job application. So how do you have a driver's license? Well, that's one of the few things that it does help. Yeah. But see, that's what doesn't that's make sense to me though. It's, it's a fucked up system. Well, I mean, yeah, the, they say that. part of the fucked up, like, but if you're, all right, so what is... How can you get a job and pay taxes with, with a fucking, no it's, social it's, security? It's a, they ask, you You can either put your social security or your alien uh, number. I, I or your, yeah, your work I, visa number. I have a social security, but on the card it says only for work. Like, that is mm. the only thing I'm able to use it for. And a driver's license. That's one of the few things, because even that's an extra form. Her driver's license expires the day her shit expires. Okay. And she yeah. has to renew it every two years. So what about um, what about if you got a job where your employer paid for your insurance? Okay, see, I actually had a, have experience with that. See, um, the school I was working with, mm-hmm. that literally just closed yesterday, um... They had an insurance group kind of thing. Yeah. And now I know this because, you know, I'm, going, I'm actually going to work for the insurance. Funny thing. You can work for the insurance company, but you can't have insurance? Yep. I'm actually going to see how that works That's out. That's gay. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she had like a group. Your own supply. <laughs> The, the way she had it set up is she had the insurance for her employees, but we could get, like, individual plans mm-hmm. through through the work, you know? So the only thing I applied for was, like, dental because I want to get my teeth fixed or whatever, and I need oral surgery for my wisdom teeth. And I only had to do a waiting period of six months, which it expired along with the insurance from there. But this, so, but is that, but with that, with that plan, is that like a 50-50 plan for, with you and the company or are you still paying out of pocket 100% for that insurance? The, they were taking out of my paycheck. So, so it was me paying, paying for it, yeah. So how is that, that's why I'm confused, like, well, because one of the biggest arguments is they say we, we get flooded with indigent care and shit. I was like, okay, yeah. Now I understand why we get flooded with indigent care. You can't, you can't have insurance, so you have to go to the fucking ER for everything. But yeah, no one sees that. No one looks at that. Yeah, that okay. If you have to go to the ER for everything and don't have the money to pay for that, then the government takes because the uh, the hospitals are not allowed to go in the loss for stuff like that. So. But if you're telling me, because I didn't know y'all aren't allowed to buy insurance, Mm-mm. that doesn't. So how did the? It's how not did they're the, not allowed. Is that they don't have the requirements. You need a social security for insurance. Well, how did the? Um, so in the last few, how long have you been working? For a minute. Six years. So so you've been working while the Affordable Health Care Act was in effect. Yes. Could you apply for that? No, I tried. Okay, once. so. There was the individual mandate on taxes. Did you have to pay the individual mandate on the taxes at the end of the year? I think so, yeah. yeah. So they're literally telling you, you can't buy insurance, but, but they're also charging you for not having insurance. Yeah. Don't you love this economy, bro? What the fuck, dude? This is America. Thanks, Obama. 
You know what's funny is I recently read an article about how while Obama was in office, he actually deported way more people. Yeah, he, he deported yeah. a lot of people, but the majority of his deportations weren't on the. It was basically uh, the major war on on uh, Hispanic gangs and MS13 that's been going on for a long time. I mean, most of those were, and I'm pretty sure there were some people in there that just had some paperwork that said gang affiliation, because that's what gets you out of the country even faster. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like an all-out, you know... Race war like it is now? I don't know. I get a little hung up on that sometimes, because I think the, the left and the right fucking blow shit way out of proportion sometimes. It's It's... They're just, they're a minute amount of people, dude. Who I did, is? huh? Who's, who's the minute amount of people? The, those fucking hardcore, rah, 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 get out of my country motherfuckers. It's not that many. They were just fucking chanting at that goddamn senator or whatever. Go back home. Go <laughs> back home. Bro, she's from America. She was born in America. She's got him state senator. She don't like it. She could come back where she came from. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, you know. The minorities always... Your approach is just to let it go and not do it either. So, <laughs> you didn't do anything with Ray. I did. I said something. And I've said this again. I've, I've said the... Let's go stomp his ass. I did more than... <laughs> what about no, here's the thing, man. It's hard to start the debate because there's just so much bitching you know, with it. Yeah, because I mean, the minute, the... the minute you bring it up, everybody starts. That's when everybody's nationalism comes out, mm-hmm. and it's just making the conversation so much harder to be civilized. I no, I mean the, the yeah. one thing that I always said is like, I if I was in the same situation, if I had a couple of kids and like was. Being, you know, I was in a place with terrible gang violence besides the neighborhood that we live in now. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if, if I was in dire consequences and had kids, you bet your ass I would be fucking jumping that border. Well, I would be fucking trying everybody, to make a move. Everybody for... says they're, they're going to die or kill for the kids, but the minute they say they're someone's going to cross the border... You should have kept your kids at home. Why would you put them with that kind of risk? Yeah, bro. We have Facebook. We see yeah. we see memes. Here's my well, thing. I know. What the, what the, the meme you're talking I about. Had, I actually had a conversation with my boss, and he was like, why would you put your kids in it? But he has kids of his own, and he, it's the same conversation. I, I'm not I, think, I even think like the nationalism, nationalist shit is, is gone way out of fucking proportion. Because there's all of us that are here. There's nowhere else we'd rather be. This is a dope-ass fucking country, but we have some major fucking issues. For those that can can fully understand, those that can't understand that not every fucking thing is great about America, those are the ones we have a problem with. The rest of us that got, you know, that are pretty much in the middle, we, well, except for you and the swastikas. You're making it sound like you want to be with the people who want to make America great again. How? Because you just said you're aligning yourself with people who identify with the fact that America's not great and they want to make America great again. You just aligned yourself with America. You're just basically twisting my words to get a (laughs) slightly, slightly decent joke. 
It wasn't a joke. It was an accusation. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. So, but, I mean, if... Hashtag me too. <laughs> what would you... How would you... If, if you had the, the opportunity to say, right here, right now, I get to fix this, how would you fix it? And there's no way it's going to be straight up just give everybody, you know... Yeah, no, of course, you never get to please everybody. You know, you have to kind of, like... What I like to do is just wait out my pros and cons of things. So what are the um, pros and cons of, like, if you if you had the, the ability to right now, write the bill, write the wrong, however, what do you think the right path forward is? That's a really loaded question. That's hard to think of on the spot. Because... I mean, See, you've been kind of having to think about it for years because you're having to renew like every been, two years. Well, no, well, because no, they're, they're not in charge of it. They're well, I mean, yeah, I know you're not in charge of it, but thing, everybody has their own opinion of how to fix parts of the broken system. Like most of society right now, when you're stuck in a corner, you don't think proactively. You think about reactively. You're not. They're not worried about how we can fix this. They're worried about how can we make it through next next week. Pretty much. It's like when you're when you're poor. You're not thinking how I'm going to get a house one day. You're thinking how am I going to eat today? It's the same mentality okay. that they're being forced into. I can see that. So, I mean, it's very hard to come up with a grand solution when you're just trying to figure out how, if you're going to be here next year. If I'm going to invest in a career. Or next week. When, when is or manana. But see, that's one of my things, too, though. I think as, as, as even being screwed over and stuck in a system where you're, 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 you're thinking on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. of, of how to move forward, there's got to be some kind of point in time in your mind where, like, hey, this... this you can't just sit there and think your entire life. This has to be fixed. This has to be fixed. This has to be fixed. You, you, you if there's a no, major... they're like, I gotta get milk. I gotta fucking go to work. I gotta fucking. And then the parents are no better situation. You get like, caught what? up in your day to day and don't fucking. I mean, the parents are no better situation to help. They're wondering, like she said, like I'm. If my mom gets booted, I gotta take care of my sister, just like that. So they're not thinking about. It. They're thinking, what's gonna happen if I leave? If okay. I get kicked out, it's not how can I make it this better so far. No, they're thinking how am I going to Because survive? there's no fucking way that they ever see themselves being able to like make a difference in government. There was like actually that. an interview. It was I think it was cops. And I was you know you're lazy. You just don't want to flip the channel. So you keep watching the shit. Well, they actually did one segment. It was a it was a regular cop season, but um there was a group of Mexicans that got their house broken into, and they said the biggest problem is that. They, when they're here, they don't realize that they have rights, so they just stay quiet the entire time. Most crimes that happen towards Mexican families, they just shut the fuck up about it, because they don't want cops around, because they don't realize that they they actually do have rights just for being here. So you got that group of people stuck in that mentality, and you're telling, you're pretty much trying to tell them, fix, find, go back to your country, find out how you can fix, or just you're giving, you're making, you're giving the choice they have no way to act upon. It's just a fucked up situation from the ground up. You're asking how they're going to change government and they're trying to figure out how they can get to the store without getting fucking deported. My take on that would be, though, because actually my sister asked me this, like, if you were president, how, like, what was the first thing you would do? Get assassinated. I'm Mexican, I'm a female, sure. <laughs> No, but she, um, no, couldn't I would find a way to just end the problem, period, you know? Well, that's like, the thing. If you were to be, that's, I think, 
I think that's part of the problem, and I understand the idea of I got you know having that mentality of I got to fix this, I got to do this, I got to do this, got to take care of the family, yeah, got to put some money to the side. But there's got to be those times. I mean, every group of individuals sits down, has a drink with their friends, and just talks. Sometimes there's yeah. got to be somebody's. There, there. I watched this thing and basically said um, the reason we progressed so much in this in the technology and whatever is because we had a huge surplus of food. And what I took away from that meaning, we didn't have to worry about our day-to-day to progress because we could put our other time and energy into things. Yeah, one of the greatest investments or uh, greatest inventions of all time is modern agriculture. Exactly. So with that same knowledge, I see it. Like, for example, if I were to start working on that, the first thing I would do was start talking about talk and start and like start pretty much having conversations between people to try and get away from the whole mentality that the reason our country is shit is because the Mexicans are coming over taking our job. Until that mentality is taken over and that general sentiment is abolished or just to get rid of, it's going to be very hard to move progressive in any way. Wasn't it last year or the year before where there was like a um, there was an all-out call for all Mexican immigrant work to shut down for a couple days? Just to, to prove the impact that y'all have. Yeah, but yeah, but t- I don't think anybody no. went through with that. Because again, they have to work to, to feed. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing about Mexicans is, they always have this mentality that they're replaceable as fuck, and it's something that that we grew up with. I mean, it's just how we're programmed in a way. Because this entire time you got a country telling you to get out, get out, get out. And that's the biggest obstacle for me getting into any kind of position is always people just kind of looking at me weird. Like I said, no one expects my name. I, I think my name being Bill is a huge contributing factor to me having any kind of success. Because if I was named Jose, no one would give a fuck about me. I would just be another one of the masses, another one that's taken up Wick or whatever the fuck there is. Excel statement from Bill. Very much so. So where are we at? I'm thinking name my kid Bob. <laughs> what about Bob? No one's gonna. I mean, it, it really helps out a lot, man. Every time I, someone sees me, they always got a wide-eyed look. Oh, hey, shit. bro, he's gonna name his son after his favorite technique, the Bob. <laughs> he's really good at it. <laughs> gotta have some sass in your voice, dog. Hell yeah. What am so, I named after, Danny? If you guys, well, Bill, you've already been on the show. Something to nigga. You can edit it. Fuck, <laughs> oh, dude, chill. You just actually have to edit. Fuck, man. Just put a beep in it. So, Christina, uh, if you had something to leave us or leave the listener with, um, whether it be a quote or a saying or just you how you know, feel, what yeah, what would you want to close out the episode with? Um, I think we should look at matters that actually are important like i'm not very huge like i don't contribute a lot to environmental stuff but i feel like i'm very huge on that and my take is if we just got rid of borders and worried about how our planet is we would probably live longer that's never gonna happen That would just be my take on well, it. Like, that's how we solve problems. all over her whole theme of the episode. So. I'm sorry. Focus on something different. Well, what was it said? Leave the, the next hate. World War Five will be fought with uh, sticks and stones. Yeah. When does three and four start? When we start dying. When the nukes go off, and that's why they gotta start over from sticks and stones. <laughs> yeah. 
God, we gotta fucking spell out everything for you. Oh, I remember you fucking too. You, you started speaking English. Why we gotta fucking? Why is he gotta break it down for you? He didn't even fucking talk. <laughs> now look at him. He's on a fucking radio show, internet radio show, talking the maddest shit, the most most incoherent shit. So, thanks for coming by, telling us your story. Yeah, everybody that's been listening in, um, we got a couple of. I mean, besides this episode, I've been I've been excited to do this episode for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, since we did our cult episode, I think that was heavy hitter. This is heavy hitter. Um, and we're gonna have a couple more here in the next uh over next. the next few weeks. I think our next episode is going to be on. Uh, PTSD. PTSD and depression. I think that after that we're gonna do a, a ghost episode with some people who have some uh, paranormal experiences. And we have one episode coming for y'all with a special guest that actually oh yeah branched we'll out do, and did his own thing. We might do a crossover. Episode. Yeah, we're gonna do a crossover with one of our other great friends podcast. So thanks for listening. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at nine one two idiot. Yeah, or follow us on our Facebook page, Omnipotent Idiots. Um, you want to plug your Instas? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. If you find me, you find me. If you find 912idiot, you can probably figure out who I am. Pretty much, pretty much. But, uh, you know, i gotta, uh, I got to protect my writing career <laughs> yeah, from all the shit that you fucking say. Uh, Bill, uh, I was glad to actually have you back for a while. You here? You just here for the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I'm escaping. He's not getting deported just yet. Okay, cool. Well, uh, can't catch. Keep your eye out for upcoming episodes. Always remember, you can hit us up on my Instagram or in the Facebook group, or just hit me up directly. If you got any ideas, or if you're thinking about, you might want to bring your ass on the show with a story. I'll let you later. Peace. Uh.